Hi everyone, welcome to the True Crime Podcast where we focus on local San Diego cases. My name is Arena. And I'm Renette. So today I will be talking about the Shauna Haynes case. Uh, Shauna was 21 years old at the time that the crime took place. It was 2016 and Shauna was working as a buster at the Spaghetti Factory mm-hmm. in downtown San Diego. Have you ever eaten I there before? I love that place. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. How about you? Uh, yeah, I've been there quite a few times. Uh, the most in, most recent time being for my cousin's daughter's birthday. I don't remember what I ate, but I do remember the few times that I've eaten there. The food was good. Yeah, I don't think I've actually ever had spaghetti, but I've had other food. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was always packed when I was there, so yeah. they seem to be doing well for themselves, mm-hmm. uh, probably due to it being relatively inexpensive and it's kid-friendly. Definitely. Uh, it's been around forever, I think since 1974. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's a restaurant where it was probably where like a lot of people had their first grown-up restaurant experience. Probably, yeah. Moms <laughs> or <laughs> whatever, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, anyways, Shauna worked there. Now, Shauna claimed to not live in the greatest household environment. She was not happy at home. And actually, a high school friend of Shauna's said that Shauna was abused at home. Oh, that sucks. So Shauna was actually adopted. On YouTube, there's a video from ABC News. And they have a video of the court hearing on this case. And in this video, there is the victim impact statements Mm -hmm. and uh when shauna's mother shirley gave her statement she goes on to say how her husband always wanted a family well her and her husband always wanted to have a family i'm not sure if they could like they couldn't conceive on their own but they first adopted a seven-year-old girl named jeanette and eventually they knew they wanted a little sister for jeanette so they went on to back to the adoption agency and um, they had visits with other children, but none of them seemed to like really fit in with their family. Mm-hmm. And that's when they heard about Shauna. So Shauna at that time, she was uh, four years old and she was living with a foster family out in El Cajon. Mm-hmm. And the foster services company explained to, Sh- to Shirley and her husband, like Shauna's background. So they said that Shauna had several heartbreaks and setbacks during her road to adoption. And they also explained that she was suffering from separation anxiety. So they just kind of told her to tread lightly uh, and just try not to get Shauna's hopes up. Oh, and she was only four years old? Four years old. So when they go to meet Shauna, Shirley says that she sees this tiny... Son of a bitch. (laughs) Hold up. Okay, my headphones fell out. Uh, So when they go to meet Shauna, Shirley says that she sees this tiny little girl with dark eyes and curly hair dressed in a red and black dress with matching ruffle socks. And she was just like clinging on to the hand of her foster mother because she had separation anxiety. Uh, So Shirley and her husband and Jeanette, which is the older sister Mm -hmm. who I think she was seven, um, along with the rest of their San Diego family, they go to a restaurant with little Shauna. And when they get to the restaurant, they tell Shauna to order whatever you want, order whatever you it is that you want. And they're expecting her to order maybe like macaroni and cheese or yeah. chicken nuggets or mm-hmm. pizza, something that like kid, a kid's menu yeah, stuff, which you get like a steak. <laughs> uh, she ordered a salad. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so they were shocked that out of all things, this four-year-old yeah, little girl. Vegetables. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. they were shocked that she chose that. Um, but anyhow, they decided there and then that that's, that's who they wanted to become a member of their family, just kind of complete the family. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, she was adopted, adopted into that family. And uh, so then fast forward to 2016, mm-hmm. Shauna is 21 years old. And she becomes friends with a man named Joshua Palmer, whom she worked with at the spaghetti factory. Okay. So, uh, like I said, she was 21. Joshua was 32. And they became pretty close. She would open up to him and talk to him about her problems. Um, and a big part of those problems was her home life. Mm-hmm. So Joshua, he offered for her to stay with him at his place, which is the Chadwick Hotel in downtown San oh, Diego. Yeah. I recognize the name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You rec- like for being related to this case? No, just Chadwick Hotel. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard it before, but I don't know what it looks like or anything. Yeah, I, I drive by the hotel often. Oh, it's okay. um, it's probably about a half mile away from my work. Mm. Uh, so I felt like it was kind of because uh, I looked online to see like what the hotel rooms look like, what okay. their rates are. Um, it's kind of like a small ghetto version of the Dragonfly Inn. Oh, do you know what the Dragonfly yeah, Inn and yeah. Stars Hollow is? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I've heard of it too, but it's okay. Gilmore Girls Arena. What do you <laughs> the, mean? The fictional show. Is that why I know it? <laughs> <laughs> why is that so? Oh, that's from the show Gilmore Girls. I was just trying to be funny, which clearly I wasn't. <laughs> I was like, that sounds really familiar. I think we're gonna edit that part out. Yes, please. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> oh, my God. I used to love that show. I, I love it. I'm, I'm um, re-watching it. So oh. that's why, like, when I was like, oh, it's kind of like something like that, but just like the small ghetto version. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I, I used to be obsessed with Dean. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, so, uh, anyways, <laughs> it's a hotel. You can rent out rooms by the day, months, or even years. Oh. Like little hotel residency yeah, okay. place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best place about the hotel really is its location. And this guy lived there? Yeah, Joshua Palmer lived there. Okay. Um, so it's an ideal location if you want to be able to walk to a plethora of great restaurants, coffee shops, a uh, short walk away to Little Italy, Gaslam Quarter, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it being in a location where there's a lot of homeless but traffic, if that's something that would bother you, then this isn't the place for you. Okay. So, um, again, I looked at the rooms online, and they're not that bad. Some are, like, cheesy-themed rooms, like an ocean room. <laughs> <laughs> like seashells everywhere. Yeah. And um, what is it? The racetrack? No, like, when you're uh, the boat, like the steering wheel of a oh, boat. like a, yeah, yeah, like you're a captain of the boat. <laughs> Um, so I guess it's kind of cool if you're into themed rooms. Uh, they're really small rooms, small bathrooms, but they're practical. Okay. So Shauna would stay there from time to time. Uh, but eventually it became like an every night thing. So they started dating basically or, Mm, well, Joshua had romantic feelings for her, but she didn't feel the same way. Okay. So, uh, she made it clear that she didn't feel the same way for him, the way he felt for her. Okay. Um, 
personally, I would feel super uncomfortable staying with a guy who was interested in me and I wasn't feeling the same way. He's over 10 years older than her, right? Yeah. And it's a small room. Yeah. In the kind of like a little bit of a sketchy neighborhood, right? Sketchy neighborhood. And also, uh, the rooms were so small where you basically in the, because like studio apartments, you know, they're small, but this is even smaller than a studio. You literally can fit like one bed and then like a desk. Yeah. Okay. So she was sleeping on that same bed. I imagine with him, unless she decided to sleep on the floor, like all cramped up. I mean, I don't know. Why was her home situation so bad? Like what was going on? She just wasn't happy. And she said she wasn't treated well. I don't know what happened in that home. Oh, okay. But anyways, like uh, I can imagine it's difficult for Joshua because he really likes Shauna and not only is he seeing her at work all the time, but now they're living together mm-hmm. and they're in such a tiny spot, most likely sleeping in the same bed. So he's probably like torturing himself. Yeah. But then sometimes when you feel that way about a person, you'll you'll uh, look past that just at the chance to being around that person, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, their companionship, at least. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, he's the one that offered her a place to stay. So it's really on like him. Like her one of her only options. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so she did make it very clear that, and he was very aware that she saw him only as a friend and nothing more. Okay. And, um, I ended up going to, uh, Facebook and I found Shauna's Facebook page and there's a picture that she posted a month before her murder. And in that picture, it's uh, Shauna and Joshua, and they're in front of a bathroom mirror at Flux Nightclub. Oh. And uh, I've been there. I've been there, too. (laughs) And the caption says, and this is like quotes, uh, my dude be trying to score chicks in the club tonight. What? So I just kind of like wonder, maybe she said that uh, because they were Facebook friends, so she can make even more clear, like, hey, like, Go ahead and score chicks yeah, in the like, club. I'll like, be, I'm, not I'm his wing woman. Like, go ahead and get at him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then that ended up making me uh, go to Joshua's Facebook. And in Joshua's Facebook, there was a post um, that was dated August 28th of 2015. Mm-hmm. So that was eight months before the murder. And in the post, he says, The only thing I've ever wanted is to find the kind of love that stories and books are written about. Here's to tomorrow and the possibility it holds. Okay. And the other posts were things like cuddling. I like that shit. (laughs) Videos of dogs. uh, Just romantic, maybe kind of cheesy sort of stuff. I'm surprised that their Facebooks are still like up and Mm -hmm. no one's, you know, deactivated or deleted them. Yeah, no, they're still at. Oh, wow. That's fine that he posts that sort of stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, it's probably better than my true crime stuff and my stupid <laughs> bike rides and foolish videos of Your coworkers coffee? and coffee food. <laughs> oh, but the best ones are with Penny. <laughs> oh, I know. Her dog. smile with the best <laughs> smile. So uh, as time goes by, uh, the crush that Joshua has, it, turns in, it just turns into um, an obsession. Mm-hmm. So he continues to try to get her into a relationship with him, but that's something that she just doesn't want. Uh, he ends up texting her, and he said, if you don't put out soon, then you're going to have to leave. Oh, shit. So, that's not good. No. So, you know, she really left this 
unhappy, uncomfortable home just to go to an unhappy and uncomfortable living situation with her friend. Yeah. And the fact that she still decided uh, to stay at Joshua's apartment probably just shows how awful her home life was. I know that I was just thinking that, like, why would she choose this over her other home life? But I really want to know why, like what was going on? Yeah, I wish I knew. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. And so uh, poor Shauna. But um, the night of the crime, Joshua, uh, this is April 4th of 2016. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Joshua took out a woman named Chelsea Shea. So Chelsea met Joshua at a bar on Easter of 2016. They became friends and he invites her out for dinner. So they met up at Gaslamp Barbecue. So they have dinner and they go back to Joshua's apartment for some drinks. Um, They start to make out. And what does making out usually lead to? Mm -hmm. Sex. So they're really trying to have sex. But uh, Joshua can't get a boner. Oh, whiskey Mm -hmm. dick. (laughs) (laughs) Or cocaine. Oh, coke dick. Yeah. (laughs) Some dick. (laughs) So while all of this is going on, uh, Shauna walks in. Okay, she walks in with a guy that she had just met that night named Anthony. Uh Okay. The four of them. And imagine, it's a tiny apartment. (laughs) So she comes in. I just imagine she sees that clearly Chelsea and Joshua are trying to get it on. And she just comes in with this guy. Oh, Um, my God. So the four of them just start having like casual conversation. (laughs) So awkward. (laughs) But eventually Shauna and Anthony, the friend that she just met, they start having sex. Oh my God. And not even in the bathroom. They're doing it like in front of Joshua and Chelsea. Jeez. So uh, they start having sex and Chelsea ends up joining them. So it's a fun little threesome. I was going to say like, okay, are they going to just try to all do it together? Yeah. <laughs> so while the threesome is going on, uh, Joshua is just watching. Uh, he's just a freaking bystander oh because he's God. not able to join in because he can't get a boner. How humil- humiliating I for know. him. That sucks. I mean, he must have felt so embarrassed. Yeah. Viagra. <laughs> so he ends up getting upset, uh, which I understand, right? Yeah. And he just kicks everyone out. You know, uh, so Anthony and Chelsea, they leave. But as they're leaving, they invite Shauna. They tell her, you know, why don't you come join us? Let's continue this party somewhere else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But for whatever reason, Shauna decides to stay. Okay. So Shauna stays with Joshua at the apartment. When this case first comes out and it was all over the media, all that we knew was that early morning in the wee hours of April 5th, Joshua phones the police and he tells them that his girlfriend, Shauna, is missing. (gasps) Girlfriend, though. That ain't his damn girlfriend. I know. He wishes. Mm -hmm. Mm. So, uh, you know, he calls the police and does that report. So he was invited to go to uh, the police station and file a missing persons report. Mm -hmm. While at the police station, one of the officers noticed that Joshua's knuckles were red and swollen. Uh -uh. Nope. Not good. That's when a search warrant was issued for Joshua's apartment and for his cell phone. 
And uh, they started recovering text messages from his cell. And they seen a message that Joshua wrote to someone at 2.20 a.m. And he said, uh, let's see, he said, OMG, it just turned into a foursome. Which he was obviously lying because it never was a foursome, right? Yeah. And then at 2.25, Joshua texted Shauna. And he said, I'm going to kill myself. Enjoy. Thank you for killing any hope that I have. Then at 2.29 a.m., Joshua said, I'm sorry. I love you. I accepted my place as your friend, but I can't watch you make love to someone else. I know it's selfish, but I can't take it. I am not good enough, but two total strangers are. It just destroyed me. Mm. And then another message saying, please understand, I am sorry. I never wanted anything more in my life than the way I want you. You don't want me. I get it. It hurts because I am so much better than the other people in your life. Uh, But eventually, uh, an FBI computer forensic specialist retrieved 15 deleted videos from his cell phone. Oh, snap. And in one of the videos, it's uh, Joshua having sex with Shauna after Chelsea and Anthony left the apartment. And according to the timestamp of this video, it was taken when Shauna was already dead. (gasps) Creep. The videos were timestamped at 6.02 a.m. and 6.51 and 6.53. Oh, my God. So in the video, uh, it scans up and down Shauna's nude body. And the person filming is touching her, you know, groping, having sex with her. And although the video doesn't show exactly who's filming, I mean, come on. He was the only one with her. Yeah. And it came from his phone, right? Right. It came from his phone and it was deleted. And then actually you can hear a man's voice, like, the person that was recording mm-hmm. and one of the detectives recognized it as Joshua's voice. Oh my God. And the crazier, so this crazy piece of crap was performing necrophilia. Yeah. And the crazier thing is, um, so when the FBI computer forensic specialist retrieved those videos, there were other videos that show multiple unconscious women being groped <gasps> by who is most likely Joshua. Oh my God. Other women that he did this to? Yes. And no other woman has came forward. Oh my God. But it was multiple women. What a fucking So he probably got them all fucked up and drunk and took them back to his place. That's probably why he couldn't get hard because they were all conscious. Yes. They needed to be knocked out for him to (laughs) freaking have sex with them apparently. Yeah. What a freak. I know. So on April 6th, Um, A Chadwick Hotel resident named Philip Moore, who at that time he lived at the Chadwick Hotel since 2010. So he was there for six years at that point. Mm -hmm. He went out to where the trash cans were to empty some of the trash that he had from his room. So um, the trash cans were located like in the back of the hotel. Okay. And um, when he goes out there, he notices that one of the trash cans was on its side uh, instead of being right side up. And so that trash can was on its side and about two feet away from it, there was a suitcase. Okay. And he didn't think a big deal of it because, uh, like I mentioned, there was a lot of homeless foot traffic in the area. And a lot of times they like go digging through the trash cans to get recycling cans mm-hmm. and just to find whatever they can find and they don't put the stuff back in. Okay. And that's true because at my work, this happens like at least once a week, Mm. the whole ass dump uh, trash can yard sale in the front of the the building. Sometimes it's awful. 
Uh, so anyway, Philip walks straight to the suitcase and he tries to pick it up, but it's super heavy. And, um, he notices then that there was actually human hair coming out of the sides of the zipper area. So at that time he goes back into the hotel to tell a man named Eduardo. And now at that time, Eduardo, I think he was, uh, like a helper. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like an onsite, but he, I guess he was a helper. Uh, he had been there at that time for 17 years. Oh, wow. Uh, eventually he does become an assistant manager, but at that time he was a helper. Okay. Uh, anyways, Eduardo goes out to look at the suitcase and there's a part where the suitcase was, uh, slightly open and there was insects coming out of there. <gasps> oh no. So that's when they realize, you know what, there's probably a dead body in here. And that's when they decide to call 911. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine, like, finding that and realizing it's a dead body. Well, I watched, um, like, the uh, hearing for the case on YouTube. Uh-huh. ABC News 10 posted it. And you, I got to see Philip and Eduardo both, you know, testify on the stand. And uh, Eduardo seemed pretty, like... Um, strong like I, I think he was like strong mentally about it but poor philip you can see that mm. it just really like crushed him it and destroyed him mm-hmm. uh so you know they call 911 uh police get their uh tape up the crime scene mm-hmm. and um it was confirmed that the body in the suitcase is shauna okay uh the autopsy is performed and her cause of death was listed as strangulation she was beaten and strangled to death. There was no alcohol or drugs found in her system, mm-hmm. which I was actually quite shocked, to be honest, because hearing like how that night went on prior, I don't know. I just assumed that they had a fun night of drinking or something like that. And she normally w- would drink? like um, Yeah, she, she would. would. Oh, okay, but that night she had nothing. No. Okay. And uh, so, you know, Joshua, when he first gave his story as to when Shauna went, quote unquote missing, Mm -hmm. like he claimed. Um, He said that night when Chelsea and Anthony left his apartment, he and Shauna had sex. He said it was consensual sex. He claimed that he started filming Shauna while she was asleep, passed out. But uh, when Shauna wakes up and sees what he's doing, she gets really upset and she leaves the apartment naked, only wrapped in a blanket. And he claimed that her nose was bleeding from using cocaine. Okay. So that's a damn lie because yeah. a toxicology report showed that there was no drugs in her system. Mm-hmm. So lie yeah. number, whatever number that lie mm-hmm. that is. Um, so uh, during that time, there was a vigil. Wait, is that how you say vigil? Yeah. Okay. So there was, <laughs> there was a vigil held for Shauna. Um, and it was also another ABC 10 News video on YouTube. And one of her friends is quoted as saying, she was one of those people that, you know, welcome you. Even if you weren't her friend, she would just give you a big giant hug. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of shows like to what a friendly, nice she person. She was really sweet. Yes. And, um, and then I started going on YouTube and I watched the court hearing on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And so when prosecutors were playing videos from the night of Shauna's death, Joshua couldn't watch the videos being played. Like in the video, you can see him like he uh, he does this sigh and he puts his head down and it almost looked like he was going to be sick. Oh, my God. What a coward. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I've seen that judges like they force 
them to look at it, they're like, please put your head up or please, like, you can't look away. Like, you have I to I wish look. this judge did that. I've I think it's great. Some, yeah. I mean, they definitely should. Because yes. they made, they committed the crime. It's like, well, now we'll you, you you're did. trying to show that you have compassion or emotions. Like, no. Yeah. So when they found her body, was she like all still intact or was she like dismembered, like cut up or what? She was fully intact. She was a, a very thin, uh, petite, young. Yeah, she was small, right? Lady, a woman. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she was just really put oh in such God. a tight fetal position. And the suitcase wasn't very large either. Yeah, yeah. I could totally picture like the size and then, mm-hmm. wow, she was stuffed in there. Yes. And um, so, like I mentioned, I was watching some of the videos from the case on YouTube. And in one of the clippings from the hearing, uh, there was somebody with the screen name GWB. And they said, I went to high school with Josh. He used to be at the same parties with me and my friends. He was always very odd. It seemed like he always wanted to be accepted, but he was very quiet. Mm Mm-hmm. But then someone else said he was always a little awkward, but he was nice. And then another person said they were his friend uh, when Joshua lived in Dallas, Texas. And he I guess they were neighbors. He said he was a good friend and that's all they're going to judge him by. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so just kind of mixed yeah. uh, feelings on who Joshua was. But that was like people from high school. Yes. Okay, but this he's already past his 30s. 30s. Yeah. yeah. So that doesn't matter. <laughs> right. So um, I ended up watching the victim impact statements on YouTube. And uh, remember how I mentioned she had an old, Shauna had an older sister named Jeanette. Right. So it was so sad watching her statement. She was very emotional. Um, she thanked the people for supporting her and her mom and helping them get through such a difficult time. Uh, she thanked the people who gave Shauna a voice when hers was taken away. And uh, she said she didn't want to talk about the horrible things that were done to Shauna or basically even acknowledge the person who caused these things. But she wanted to tell Shauna all of the things that she has not been able to tell her. Mm-hmm saying that I am so sorry for not protecting you and for being there for you. Um, She said, uh, you know, mom and I are given the strength to go to Olive Garden and eat fettuccine Alfredo and drink strawberry lemonade just for you. So I'm like, oh, that must have been one of her favorite meals. You know, that was kind of like I liked hearing that just to kind of like um, see that side of her. mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, she goes on saying that, you know, I'm sorry for not being there and not teaching you that the monsters in the movies are not the ones you need to worry about. She said uh, she failed to teach Shauna that the monsters walk among Mm -hmm. us. Uh, She said they're missing out on the cabin trips in the snow and building snowmans like they used to do. It was just really heartbreaking just to hear Mm -hmm. her statement. Yeah. And then next on the uh, stand goes uh, her mom, Shirley. So Shirley, when she gives her victim impact statement, she is directing it towards Joshua. She's looking straight at him and she tells him, I hope you are listening carefully because I want you to see and hear the grief and pain you have caused me and the family. And she goes on to talk about how Shauna will never get to experience being a mom, getting married, 
you know, graduating college and just yeah. everything. But she's directing it straight to him and he can't even look her in the eye. Wow. What a piece of shit. Yep. So then it goes on to him. He starts his talking. So this is what Joshua says, okay? He's like, he says, I'm sorry for the loss of Shauna. I'm sorry to everyone who lost Shauna. I gave her a piece of my heart and she took my heart. I will always love and cherish her memory and I encourage all of you to do the same. <gasps> what the Mother fuck? dick. Are you serious? <gasps> wow. Like he had nothing to do with this. Right. And so he, he did this for love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so he switches his story. Remember, he claimed his innocence in the beginning. Yeah. You know, first mm-hmm. he said she went missing and whatever it was. Uh, but he changes his story. So he ends up saying that on Monday, April 4th, 2016, at 11 p.m., I took Chelsea uh, back to my apartment to engage in sexual activity. After a couple of hours of oral sex and foreplay, we had to stop because I was not able to sustain an erection. Mm-hmm. Around 2 a.m. on Tuesday, April 5th, Shauna and a stranger showed up to my apartment. After a couple of minutes, the four of us started making out. After about 20 minutes, Anthony attempted to have sex with Shauna, and I stopped him by telling them they need to go, and I asked them to leave. He said when that happened and, you know, the three of them left and it was just um, him and Shauna. Mm-hmm. He said Shauna was really angry for kicking them out. And uh, she crawled into the corner of the bed and she started playing on her phone. He said that she refused to talk to her uh, or to talk to him. So he said he sent her a couple of text messages. He goes on to say that the text messages worked and they ended up having a conversation. And in the conversation, Joshua told her that she was going to have to move out because he needed to have time, you know, to himself and get over her. Okay. According to him, she begged him and asked, you know, please let me stay. Please don't kick me out. Uh, She said she didn't want to go home and begged him to reconsider. Mm -hmm. He claims eventually they ended up having sex consensually. While they were having sex, he realized that she was unconscious. So he immediately okay. began to perform CPR. And he claims that the the cut she had, like on her upper lip, was from him performing CPR. What? And uh, I guess uh, some chest... Um, Compression? Yeah, yeah, that's like because she had like uh, marks on her chest and yeah. he claims it was from giving the chest compressions. So he said he did this for over 15 minutes. He said uh, that he was afraid to tell the truth due to fear of being misunderstood. Oh, my God. He's all painting himself like a hero trying to save her. Oh, I didn't know she was unconscious. Yep. Whatever. And he started filming her and raping her dead body. Right. So it's like, what's the explanation for that? Yeah. So, yeah, so he gave that story. He eventually, you know, said he did kill her, but he said it was an accident. And um, so Joshua was found guilty and charged with first-degree murder, uh, rape, and sodomy. Mm -hmm. And he is sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Good. Yay. Yeah, so that was the case on Shauna Haynes and Joshua Palmer. May she rest in peace. Yes, rest in peace. I really 
glad it ended uh, a good ending where he got caught. Yeah. Right? That was just, that's so awful what happened to her. Yeah. I mean, why can't these people who are just like, if I can't have you, nobody else can? Like, why do they do that shit? Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. We appreciate everyone who takes the time to decide to listen to our podcast. And on the next episode, Arena will be talking about a local San Diego case. Yes, next time we'll be back and I'll be doing a case. It'll be, I'll give you just a little clue. It's a serial killer. San Diego serial killer from back in the day. (laughs) Well, thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.